Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. So glad to welcome you to the the Inner Life today here on this Monday, and I hope your week is off to a good start. Hope you had a good weekend and uh, really enjoyed Mass, being able to hear that beautiful reading from St. Luke's Gospel about the transfiguration of our Lord. Well, today, it's Pi Day, Pi as in the Greek letter, and Pi Day has become more and more popular over these last several years. Are you familiar with this? Have you heard of this? It's the numeric date today, 314 or 314. It's those first three digits in the number pi, 3.14. And there are certain things like this that never existed when I was a child. I mean, of course, the date, March 14th, existed, but no one ever referred to it as Pi Day. There have been other things like that, too. Uh, May the 4th, (laughs) that's one of those that stands out in my mind. Uh, Star Wars kind of celebration day. And even though Star Wars was around when I was a kid in school, it was something that we we never put together. Uh, But Pi Day, that's another one. Do you remember when you first heard about it? I think for me, it might have been maybe 10, 15 years ago, something like that, where Pi Day first came on my radar. And now grocery stores and bakeries, they use it as an opportunity to sell pies, right? Got to associate some sort of revenue stream with it. But I never get to eat any of the pies on March 14th because, among other things that our family gives up during Lent, like many of you, we fast from sweets and desserts. And March 14th, it's one of those dates that always is guaranteed to fall inside the Lenten season. So that means no eating any pies on Pie Day, at least not for five more years, because that's the next time that March 14th will fall on a Sunday. In the year 2027, March 14th will be on a Sunday. And since Sundays celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, and they don't technically count as a day of fasting during Lent, well, that's the next time that potentially we could have a pie and eat it on March 14th. That's presuming that my family continues to give up desserts as part of our our fasting during Lent. Now, I'm sure that that will continue on for us. But since it's Pi Day, how many digits can you recall of the number pi? Pi is what is referred to as a mathematical constant. It's also called an irrational number. It's the number that we all had to use in school for so many different formulas and geometry classes. We would always use those first three digits there, 3.14. But pi, it goes on, it would seem, almost indefinitely. There were people who, years ago, would spend their life trying to solve for the next digit or the next digit in the number pi. Last summer, Swiss researchers 
at the University of Applied Sciences in Graubünden, they claimed a new world record for calculating the number of digits of pi. And they got it out to 62.8 trillion figures. That's how many digits it went out, 62.8 trillion. Thankfully, you and I, we can still use just those basic three digits, 3.14, for most of the geometry equations that we do regarding circles and spheres. And do you remember any of those formulas that you used in high school or college? The two most fundamental ones that you start with are 2 pi r, that's defined the circumference of a circle, and r, of course, that represents the radius of the circle. So 2 pi r, that's the circumference of the circle. And then if you want to find the total area of the circle, it's pi r squared. And then as you went a little further in geometry, you might have, instead of just a two-dimensional circle, you might have that three-dimensional sphere. And you can calculate the volume of the sphere with the formula four-thirds pi r cubed. And then if you want to determine that surface area, of a sphere, you can do 4 pi r squared. So you had some different things that you could use there. You'd have to memorize, though. But even though I haven't used any of those formulas for years and years, they're still burned in my memory because they're just such basic, such fundamentals in geometry. And you started off with those and built upon them. And sometimes it's good to have those little reminders of the fundamentals, to be reminded of the basics occasionally. Well, today... We want to kind of take that same approach here on The Inner Life. We want this hour to be a reminder on the basics, the fundamentals of Lent. Prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Today, this is the 11th day of Lent. Monday of the second week of Lent here. 11 days in. Barely over a quarter of the way through those 40 days of this season. But it's good to check in and make sure that we are still on track. And even if we haven't been as diligent with those three areas of prayer and fasting and almsgiving, that's okay. You can still make it a great Lent as we prepare for the celebration of Easter. And joining us today as we go back, look at the basics, look at the fundamentals of Lent, Father Vince Guest is with us once again. Father Vince is a priest in the Diocese of Camden, New Jersey. He's the pastor of Sacred Heart Parish in Camden. And so glad to welcome you back to the program, Father Vince. Glad to have you here for The Inner Life today. Well, thank you, Josh. It's great to be back. Uh, Good morning, good afternoon, and uh, great to be back with your listeners, too, and blessed uh, Lent, and and happy Monday to, uh, to you and all those listening today. But I have to tell you, my heart was beating fast when you were speaking about radiuses and, and mathematical pi. <laughs> okay. Algebra and geometry were not my, uh, my strong points. When you mentioned pi day, my mind immediately went to blueberry, peach, and apple. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, I know. That's, that's the kind that everybody would rather uh, talk about. <laughs> but in our family, I don't know why this is, but it seems for us, on the side of either geometry or algebra, we've got people in our family who... Geometry came really easy. I'm one of those, because for me, it was just practical application. Okay, we're talking about uh, different shapes, different uh, measuring of dimensions and surface and area and that sort of thing. Uh, My wife, on the other hand, she and some of my kids have such a hard time with geometry, but algebra, uh, even going into calculus, trigonometry, different things like that, they're fine 
and they excel at that. Where I, I always thought, especially as you get into some of the higher level algebraic, uh, you know, processes, that was where I said, oh, I don't, wanna, <laughs> I don't want to spend time on this. So that's at least been our experience. But um, yeah, I, I do have to say, I'm pretty happy in a job where I don't have to do math on a hugely regular <laughs> yeah. basis, Father. Amen to that for me, too. Yeah, and I was more of a geometry than an algebra person myself, so I can relate to those uh, those equations that get you a little nervous, you know. But as you mentioned, we're, we're speaking about, of course, uh, our Lenten journey. And uh, the uh, gospel you, you, re- you referenced was yesterday's gospel of the Transfiguration. And that, of course, was that unique event of, of Jesus on, on the mountain with Peter, James, and John, where he was transfigured before them and when i prayed about that this weekend and leading up to the homily i and i said and i said to my homily to our, our people here at the, in camden that we're not going to experience a transfiguration you know in this life you know we, we are not the son of god obviously but um but what for lent is is for me and for i think all of us is not maybe a transfiguration but a time for transformation and so I played on that on that word of transformation because that's what Lent really is all about. I, I believe the time to really transform our hearts once again to unite ourselves to to the suffering of Christ, so we can truly live the life of Christ in in our hearts. So, and those three great pillars that you mentioned are ways that I think help us to um, transform our hearts of, of prayer and and fasting and, and alms giving. And what I was well, thinking about. Okay, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead, Father. Now, what, what I was thinking about in, in preparation for today is how we often forget how how Lent is is intimately tied to to baptism. You know, we we always think of Lent leading to Easter, and and we should uh, as those forty days of Lent and with the Triduum beginning on on Holy Thursday evening. But our history of the Church really tied so closely the Lenten practice with the celebration of baptism in the early days of the church the first centuries of of the church baptism was celebrated by adults only and it was celebrated at at easter on on easter vigil or or easter day and the lenten season was really at the time for those catechumens for for really intense preparation for the celebration of their baptism you know back back in those days literally when you became a christian when you became a catholic uh, catholic christian those first centuries, it was literally a life and death decision because Christianity was, was outlawed. And that's why we have so many martyrs that grace our church in those early days of our, of our history. So when you became, when you said yes to the church, when you said yes to Christ, you were literally putting your life in your hands, but offering that up you know, to God. And, and so for many, it was, a, it was a three-year preparation period, you know, in order to, to be received in the church, to make sure that person was was spiritually and mentally uh, prepared to make that make that choice. And uh, thanks be to God, in Vatican II, after the, after the Council, we tied that that role of of Lent and baptism together again with the initiation of the RCIA right, the right of Christian Christian initiation for adults, where those who are being baptized in our parishes and those being welcomed into the church uh, are, are are welcomed and are baptized at the Easter Vigil, and so that that tie again with with Lent and baptism around Easter was was made 
was connected again, I guess, in these past 40 or 50, 50 years. And the time leading up to baptism, of course, once again, is the time of, of, uh, of preparation for your baptism. But for us, who have been baptized you know, since babies, for most of us, the Lenten season, I think, is a time for us to truly prepare, not just to celebrate Easter Sunday, which, of course, we do, but a time to prepare to renew our baptismal vows. So we can get up and stand up with our with our congregation and hold the light, the candle in our hands. And we can, just like those being baptized, we can say no to Satan. We can say no to the evil enticements of, of, of the evil one. We can reject those allures of the, of the world. And we can proudly say yes to God, yes to Jesus Christ, our Savior, yes to the Spirit, and, and yes to to, uh, to live in our Catholic faith once again. So I, I love how the Lenten season is, is a time for us to be transformed, to once again, to transform our hearts and minds, to let the light of Christ shine through us, just as it did when we were baptized. So we can say, when we walk out of church on Easter Sunday, like St. Paul did, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And that's why Lent, I think, is so important for us as a chance to really just get back to those roots so we can allow the light of Christ to shine through us, uh, not just on Easter, but every day of the year. And Lent and those Lenten practices help us do just that. Well, and I, I really appreciate how you uh, talked about for adults coming into the church in the early years, the early centuries, that it would take three years of preparation before an adult would normally be received into the church before they would be baptized. And, uh, you know, this wasn't always the case, but this, this was kind of the standard practice and that it was a matter of life and death. I, you know, I'm glad you brought that up. I remember hearing years ago that the word sacrament, it comes from, uh, and this is my understanding, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but, but I remember hearing that the word sacrament itself basically means an oath to the death. And so when you are preparing to receive the sacrament of baptism, you are saying, this is so important to me that I swear upon this with my whole self, and I'm ready to die, I'm ready to give my life because this is so important. And if we have that kind of attitude approaching baptism or the renewal of our baptism, baptismal vows, as you're talking about, if we have that attitude that being able to walk into the confessional and receive forgiveness, the, hear those words of absolution that are prayed there as we confess our sins, as we're reconciled, if we're willing to say, this is more important to me than anything else, I'm willing to put my life on the line. If me receiving the Eucharist every time that I attend Mass is so important that I'm willing to put my life on the line, uh, that, should, that should be part of that transformation process. And that transformation process, I think for all of us, you know, it's got to start intellectually, and then it goes from there and becomes something that permeates the rest of us. Absolutely, you know, absolutely right. And, and back in those early days, there was actually a list of, of professions that the newly baptized, you know, couldn't be part of anymore. Once once they were getting ready to be baptized and, and welcomed into the Christian community, the ancient church had a list of, of various professions that they had to give up if they were part of. Like you couldn't be a gladiator anymore because gladiators, you know, were involved with killing or where you couldn't be a Roman soldier 
you know, because they did some some atrocities and other professions that were really against what what Christ would want us to do. You had to literally just walk away from that and begin a, a new life. And that's what happens when we're when we're baptized. And that's what happens to all of us, you know, as 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 followers of Christ. A new life begins in us, and that example shows itself forth in, in how we we act and live with our families and our communities. Our spiritual director today is Father Vince Guest, a priest in the Diocese of Camden, New Jersey, the pastor of Sacred Heart Parish there in Camden. And today we're talking about uh, just getting back on track for Lent, how we can kind of refocus ourselves for Lent. We're about a quarter of the way through our Lenten season here. How is Lent going for you this year? In those areas of prayer and fasting and almsgiving, have you been able to stay on track there with those? And what has helped you so that you've been able to grow spiritually so far this Lent? You know, uh, if if there's prayers, different devotions that you've incorporated into your life, if there's those times that you've been fasting, so, you know, giving up something so that you can exercise that discipline, but of course realize there's more to life than just the physical, that there's the spiritual aspect of ourselves as well. What has helped you to grow? What has helped you in the almsgiving to be a more generous person? We'd love to hear from you and how you can encourage others to stay strong in their Lenten practices. Maybe this Lent has been a struggle for you and you're looking for some advice on how to get back on track and you'd like to talk with Father Vince, you can call in 888-914-9149-888-914-9149. And we'll be back with more here on The Inner Life in just a moment. You're listening to Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Today, we'd like to thank Jed, who's listening in New Mexico, for donating his Ford. Join thousands of other listeners in donating your old vehicle today by visiting relevantradio.com slash car. Welcome back to The Inner Life Today. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond. Our spiritual director for the hour, Father Vince Guest, a priest in the Diocese of Camden, New Jersey, today talking about getting back to the basics, getting back to understanding what Lent is. We're about a quarter of the way through the Lenten season, and if maybe you started out with really good intentions, but (laughs) whatever, you know, life happened along the way, and you feel like, oh, you haven't really devoted the time to prayer, you haven't uh, stayed all that close and great on what you wanted to give up for Lent. Uh, maybe you haven't found those ways that you can be generous in almsgiving. It's, it's okay. We still have time. There's still time here during this Lenten season. Uh, maybe you've had a really great first quarter of the Lenten season. We'd love to hear how God has been working in your life. And this isn't, you know, I, I, I know uh, it's very um, natural to want to be reluctant to share about ourselves when we are being generous with almsgiving, when we are talking about the way that we are growing in prayer. I think it's easiest for us to talk about that fasting aspect of Lent, but this is a, an opportunity for us to encourage our virtual community here as part of the inner life, not to necessarily brag or say, hey, look at me. This is really a matter of you You can help encourage others by sharing how this Lenten season is going for you and things that are working for you. 
that might work for others that are listening, things they may have not considered in their Lenten practices of prayer and fasting and almsgiving. You can call in and join the program at 888-914-9149. Maybe this Lent has been a struggle for you, and you would like some advice, some encouragement about how to kind of turn things around. Again, 888-914-9149, the number to call in and talk with Father Vince Guest. Father, as we continue our conversation here, um, let's go into, we kind of talked overarching thematically about Lent and how we can have that focus, how we can look at it as, as a season of transformation for us. Uh, let's look at the aspects of prayer and fasting and almsgiving. I, I mentioned fasting. That's the easiest one, I think, for all of us to talk about. Um, why does the Church ask us to fast from something during this season? Well, fasting is course, an ancient practice of, of the church, and it's rooted both in both in the Old Testament and, and the New Testament. And as uh, Church Father, I think Augustine said, Saint Augustine said, fasting gives gives wings to our prayer. But you know, when we fast, when we give something up, you know, as we like to say, we we unite that with with the suffering of Christ. We unite that with with our Lord, who gave His life for us, and and fasting is a way to recall that. It's a way to free us from our attachments in life. You know, when we give up something, we, we recognize our freedom uh, from attachment and freedom for God. It's when we fast, when we give up something, when we refrain from some things, we recognize our reliance on God. And it's also an opportunity for us to listen better to God, you know, to allow the silence maybe of a fast, to, to listen better to God, that God enter into our hearts and to renew our appreciation for the many blessings blessings that we have in, in life. And so when you have that little hunger pain or when you feel, you know, the need for something that you've given up, you know, let that let that be a prayer and an offering, you know, to, to our Lord and and a recognition that yes, we do rely on you, God. I do rely on you. You are the source of, of life. You know, so it's not so much about what we what we give up when we fast, but I think it's about who we make room for, mm. and we make room for more of God and the life of Christ in, in our life. You know, when we, when we fast, I guess we're turning away from something we need to survive, you know, for, like food, but what really is, is we, we focus on what we need to live, and that's the life of Christ within us. So that's why, the way I, I look upon fasting and, and and giving up something, you know, just to allow the life of God to live in me. I had a really nice experience in uh, in a parish on, on Ash Wednesday. Um, we have uh, a grade school, Sacred Heart Grade School, is associated with our parish, and we're very proud of that school. And class by class, the children would come in, and uh, I would be there waiting for them, and we'd talk to each class briefly, and then proceed with, with the Ashes service. And of course, we're talking. You're talking to the children about what they're giving up. You know, it's kind of the age-old question in Lent: What are you giving up? And I got really great answers from 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 the young ones, like uh, candy or donuts or or uh, video games. But one third grader raised her hand, and she said, "Father, I'm just going to take this day by day." <laughs> and it made me smile because I thought there's a lot of wisdom in that. You know, we, we have these great goals for Lent, you know, give up alcohol for 40 days and, 
and or or sweets or whatever you know or, or choices. And then if you falter, we kind of like, oh well, you know, I tried. But this little girl, I thought, had great wisdom, you know. And I think, as you mentioned before, as we entered into this segment, you know, it's never too late. You know, it's never too late to enter into Lent. It's never too late to enter into Holy Week, even. And this little girl had great wisdom, you know, day by day. And maybe, maybe what we want to give up is something just for today. Today, I'm, I'm going to refrain from this, dear Jesus, and I offer this up to you. And tomorrow, maybe something else. And I think if we take land that way, that's okay also, you know. But often in, in, in children, there's lots of wisdom. And I taught her that. I said, you know, you, you taught me something. I want others to uh, hear that, you know. Day by day, we enter into Lent. And day by day, we try to strive to pray more, to fast more, and to give more for the greater honor and glory of God and to make room for God in our lives. Mm. You know, another thought that comes to my mind too, Father, and maybe you can talk about this for a moment. It's so easy, I think, during the Lenten season, you know, we have a lot of focus, especially as we get into Holy Week. There is the suffering, the passion, the sacrifice of our Lord, Jesus. But when we are, and I guess this goes back to kind of the theme even of Good Friday, you know, this horrible thing that happened, but yet we call it Good Friday. When we are fasting in a similar way, how can we approach fasting rather than having kind of this dour attitude that we can approach fasting with a joyful attitude, that we can rejoice in what we're giving up? Because like you say, we, we are making room for Christ. How can we kind of foster that joyful attitude when we are fasting, when we are denying ourselves something? Well, we, we want to do it in the, in the quiet of our hearts, you know, as, as Matthew Gospel, Matthew's Gospel said on, on Ash Wednesday, you know, don't, don't bang the trumpet and blow the, blow the horn, look, look what I'm doing, um, as we know. So, so, you know, we joyfully unite ourselves to God, to Christ, especially, of course, in, in, on Good Friday, uh, you know, by our, our self-denials. You know, in many ways, fasting is a soul cleansing. You know, how often we forget that our bodies are a temple of the Lord. Um, and, and, you know, when we fast, we, we recognize that our bodies are from God and are given to God in, in love and sacrifice. And, and joyfully, you know, joyfully, we unite ourselves to that, you know, remembering what Christ did for us. And you know, my prayer is, is when I do give things up and I do fast, that hunger just awakens in me a new desire for God, a new desire for, for God in my life, to, not, to acknowledge how much I need God to live as a priest and, and for our listeners you know, to live you know, your, your faith as a, as a Catholic Christian, you know, to live for your family, to live for others, to live for others in your, in your community. You know, like the deer that... You know that that searches for that running water, like we hear in the psalm. You know, our hearts are always searching for God, and and when we fast and give up something, you know, it awakens in us. I think that 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 desire to go closer to God and allow the life of God to to live in us and through us, and and for the benefit of others. You know, as we're called, you know, to, to do allows us that deeper praise of, of the Lord in our life, and allows us that just to be more sensitive to God's voice, you know, let the hunger pang, you know, you know, awaken us uh, ears to hear how God is calling us to serve 
and 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 to follow more closely you know his his life within us father let me throw out the phone number again 888-914-9149 is the number to call in and join the program as we're talking with Father Vince Guest today. He's a priest in the Diocese of Camden, New Jersey, and we're talking about Lent, how we can dive deeper into this Lenten season. Maybe it's been a good Lent for you so far. Maybe you've really been struggling this Lent to try and follow through on those practices, those aspects of prayer and fasting and almsgiving. You'd like a little encouragement, or you'd like to share about how this has been a great start to your Lenten season. And we'd love to hear that too. 888-914-9149, And Father, we've got Mark who's listening to us in Aurora, Illinois. Mark, thanks for calling in. Yeah, I wanted to offer a few comments about the practice of giving something up. I don't know whether psychotherapy borrowed this from the church or vice versa, but let's suppose that you're addicted to chocolates. Um, A therapist might tell you, well, why don't you give up the chocolate for a little while and see what comes to the surface? And maybe a person finds that loneliness comes to the surface. And so he decides to join a small group or an activity to get rid of the loneliness. And then he finds that people find him too argumentative because he argues compulsively. And then he tries to stop arguing and he finds that his arguing is fending off a sense that he is threatened by other people's ways of thinking. And so he consciously tries to listen to other people. And and instead of saying, well, I'm going to prove you wrong, he says, well, let me let me think about that and, and process it a little bit. And it's it's a case to me of crucifying a little thing so you can resurrect a big thing. And in, in my illustration, all you did was give up chocolate. And what do you know? You were led to find healthier ways of relationship. Very insightful, Mark. I, I think... You're right on track, frankly. You know, very insightful how we, uh, we, those sacrifices, those things we give up are like seeds that, that are planted, you know, and, and they sprout into beautiful flowers, you know, of, of, of virtues. And, um, so I think, I think you're right on, on, on target with, with those thoughts, you know, how our, our sacrifices, our giving up some things can lead to beautiful virtues that help us live a more, a fuller life. You know, by being more caring, more giving, you know, seeking seeking the community, an example you, you gave, instead of uh, wallowing in, in loneliness or isolation. But um, no, I, I I think your your points are very uh, very well taken. You know, whether we look upon it as as uh, through the science of psychology or the science or or the or the theology of spiritual direction. So maybe it's good for. For listeners, you know, when they are giving up something, to talk to their their pastor or their spiritual director, uh, a priest they know or or a religious they know or a good friend they know, about how what I'm giving up can help lead me to bear fruit in in my life, can can lead me to greater virtues in in my life. So I think your your point is a, is an excellent one, Mark. Thanks for sharing it with us. And Father, you know, following up on Mark, and again, let me throw out the phone number here, 888-914-9149, if you'd like to call in and join the program today here on The Inner Life, 888-914-9149. But as Mark is talking about that, 
in giving up something, we are making some space physically in ourselves, mm-hmm. and we might be able to recognize. I think that also ties into the, the next one of those three pillars of Lent, ties in nicely with prayer. You know, if we make more time for prayer, especially if we have time in silence, we're making space where we can encounter God in a new way. I, I think it's also, maybe before we go into that, it's important to talk about, too, that prayer shouldn't only be reserved for Lent, just like fasting is not only just designated for Lent. Giving to help the poor, not only should it be something that we do during Lent, then not any other time during the year. It's just that here, these things that we should be doing regularly, year-round, they have a special focus and a special emphasis here during Lent. Um, But with that kind of, you know, disclaimer here that it's a special emphasis on these three things that should be a regular part of our lives. Uh, how do we make our prayer time in Lent something special, something that really will impact us and our spiritual growth so that we can have that better knowledge of ourselves and make that space for God? Well, your, your, your point is uh, about those three pillars of love Lent, or you're right on point because they're not only pillars for Lent, but they're pillars for, for living a, an authentic Christian life and, and following following Christ, you know, through prayer and, and fasting and, and almsgiving. Uh, I have an example from my own life, you know, how, how a practice during Lent can help transform us, frankly, and, and lead, you know, to to have good habits that I've taken with me, you know, in, in my priesthood. And, and that's regarding prayer. In my first parish in Bridgeton, Holy Cross Parish in Bridgeton, we had a we had a Spanish uh, group who would come into our church, uh, asked me as I was the pastor, so Father Vince, can we come into the church and, and pray on Sunday mornings at, at 5 a.m.? And uh, we won't offer prayers before we have our first mass was 8 o'clock in the morning, be there for a few hours. And I said, sure, you know, anybody in, in our church who wants to pray more, I'm always open for that. And and I don't want to ask our, my assistants to uh, be the one or to open up the church. So I got up, you know, quarter or five in the morning to open up the church for this for this prayer group uh, here in, in the parish of, of Holy Cross when I was a pastor there. And then the first week I did it, I found myself like looking for the local newspaper and putting the coffee on, and and I thought to myself, well, what am I doing? You know, my my parishioners are in there praying, and I'm you know making coffee. And so from that moment on, every day I got up at before five, uh, not just during Lent, but every day I got up before five and make that my, my special prayer time. You know, before I was trying to squeeze it in different parts of the day, and which is often difficult for, for, for a priest and for, for, for all of us who are listening uh, with busy lives we lead. But I made that practice of Lent carry through now into my spiritual life. So now my, my moment with God is that early morning hours, 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning, I'm up, and that's when I spend my, my, my time in prayer to prepare myself for the day. And that happened because of good lay parishioners who went to pray early in the morning, and I realized I was called to join them. And now that has become part of my, my priesthood, you know, those early hours in the morning to, to spend silent time with God and open up my heart, you know, towards what... God will bring me that particular day. So, um, so we learn so much as priests from from believe me, we know so much as a priest from those who 
who we uh, were privileged to minister with and, and serve in our parishes. And that was one example that helped me in, in my prayer life. Mm, that's beautiful. Yeah. Our, our spiritual director, Father Vince, uh, guest, as we're talking today about Lent. Has it been a good Lent for you? Have you uh, just <laughs> been on a spiritual high as you've been observing those three pillars of Lent, prayer and fasting and almsgiving? We'd love to hear how the Holy Spirit has been working in your life. Maybe it has been a struggle this Lent, and you're looking for some advice, some encouragement on how you can kind of get refocused during this Lenten season. You can call in at 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. We'll take your phone calls and continue our conversation with Father Vince in just a moment here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio studio line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit relevantradio.com forester. This is The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Josh Raymond. So glad to have you along during this hour as we talk about our Lenten journey. Uh, Hopefully giving ourselves uh, here with Father Vince Guest, our spiritual director, a little bit of a pep talk. You know, we can do this. We can make it. We can make this a really good Lenten season. And we're also inviting your phone calls at 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And Father, let's go back to the phones. Jamie is calling in from Portland, Oregon. Hi, Jamie. Thanks for joining us here on The Inner Life. Hi. This is, yeah. Um, I'm having a really difficult time. I'm in the middle of a move. So... Like, I didn't even make it to church yesterday. I was just so exhausted. And I have to move. The people are coming tomorrow, so. And I'm not done yet. (laughs) And I just don't know what else to give up. Jamie? Yeah? Yeah. Well, first, just let me... Let me affirm, you know, who you are, you know, the great um, gospel we heard yesterday, I know you weren't at Mass, but you know the Transfiguration gospel where where the Father says to Jesus, you are my beloved Son, with you I am well pleased. And, and I, I just listen to God, our Father, say those same words to you. You are God's beloved daughter, and God is pleased with you. You know, I think we so often just feel like we're alone in life. We, we feel like it's easy to get overwhelmed, you know, and it happens to so many. It could be a move, uh, like you're experiencing, it could be an illness that we've confronted, it could be grief that we're suffering from a loss of a loved one. But it's so important to, to remember, first of all, that, that you're loved. You are a beloved daughter of God. You're captured by God at your baptism. You're captured from the moment of your conception, you know, in your mother's womb, and he's not going to let you go. You know, he's, he's walking with you every step of the way. And like St. Paul says, nothing separates you from God's love. Nothing separates you from God's love. Not a pandemic, not a war in Ukraine, you know, and not, a, a, you know, a troubling move he may have to make. Now, nothing is going to separate you from, from God's love. And I think it's the first thing you just got to take a deep breath and, and, and recognize and, and just understand that, you know. 
And so maybe, maybe not, maybe today's in the day to give something up. You know, as you mentioned, what can you give up for that? Maybe you can just unite, you can unite your struggles. You're having that with the struggles of, of our, that our Lord suffered, you know, when he, when he carried the cross, you know, unite your struggles with our blessed mother who, who suffered watching her son, you know, being tortured and, and beaten and die on the cross as he, she held Jesus in, in her arms. So maybe today isn't the day to uh, to give something up, or this week isn't the week, or even this Lent. Maybe this Lent is a, is a Lenten season for you to just recognize God's love for you and how Jesus died for you and how you're surrounded by, by lots of love uh, from the church, from our Lord, certainly. And I, I pray by others and just give thanks to, the God, to God for the many blessings that you do have in life. Jamie, thanks so much for calling in. Uh, Father, you know, uh, I want to go back to what you're saying there, too, because life circumstances sometimes can make you—they can force you into an area where you weren't planning on giving up something, you weren't planning on fasting. And I'm thinking specifically a couple years ago when the pandemic first hit, and we just didn't know much about the coronavirus— and all of a sudden, state after state after state, there were all of these stay-at-home orders that started coming through. And so our family, we found ourselves kind of isolated. You know, I, our kids are still at home, so we had kind of our own unit there, which was better than some people. But we realized we're kind of being forced to fast from relationships. We're not able to attend our parish right now. It had been shut down as well. Um, the diocese had said, let's wait, let's not you know, run any risk of, of passing something along if we don't know more about this disease. And so we said, okay, some of the things that we had initially said we were going to give up during Lent, those might not be the right things any longer because life circumstances have forced us to kind of give up and fast from human communication and, and normal relationships that we would have. So we kind of revised partway during Lent. That's, that's another aspect here I think is important. It's okay to look and say, yeah, life brought me something I didn't expect. And we can kind of call an audible partway through Lent and yeah. say, this is okay that I adjust partway through because this is where God has me for whatever reason. He has me at this point right now. Yeah, absolutely, Josh. And and, and the example of, of what we went through a couple years back when when Lent changed for all of us was was a great is a great example. You know, we all had to call the audible, and and how and how can we how can we make this Lent, you know, uh, one where we can be transformed in the midst of of, of a pandemic. Uh, yeah, I think we all need to to remember that and sit back at the times in our lives and our journeys. And, and see where are we now with you know in our own life and and how I can use this you know where's where's God speaking to me through this you know through a move perhaps like Jamie was going through through illnesses you know and you know if if someone's listening and their and their loved one is suffering from you know a very serious illness their lens going to be different than 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 my lens you know because they're uniting that with the Lord so I think it's very important to um to place ourselves in the circumstances that, that we find ourselves in and, and try to find and strive to find God in that place. Cause God's there. I mean, right. that's, that's a given God is with us and walking with us and journeying, journeying with us. And, and we just need to open our hearts to, 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 to feel God's love. Like I pray Jamie can, you know, even through a challenging time. And, and that's, that's her Lent. 
from that maybe is, is to experience that God's love through this uh, challenge. Father, um, we talked last segment about fasting and about time spent in prayer. Uh, we haven't delved that much into almsgiving, but as we're getting towards the end of the hour, maybe we can spend a couple of minutes talking about that. You know, the fasting, that gets our focus off of ourselves. The prayer, it helps us focus on our relationship with God. Almsgiving, we have this chance to help others, to care for our neighbor. In your own life, or maybe in the life of a parishioner that you know, is there anything that you've seen that has really helped to, whether it's you or that parishioner, to become more generous, to be able to, you know, be that cheerful giver that we are called to be? Yes, sometimes I think almsgiving is like the middle middle child of, of the three pillars. You know, we we want to pray more and, and fast more and, and think of things we're going to give up, but but you're right. Sometimes almsgiving is it becomes like the uh, the forgotten part of that of that pillar of Lent, and it's so it's such a critical part because that's who we are called to be as as followers of, of Christ. You know, thinking of, of of how we can help others. Um, I, I remember one uh, one particular Lent at, at a parish I was in, where a family had a uh, placed a box, you know, by by the pantry, I believe, and and every uh, Every day of Lent, one of the members of the family were, were called to give something in that box for the poor, or to buy something, you know, for the poor. Or a child would give up something they, they would have, like a like a, their precious, you know, football or, or baseball or, or or a doll, and place that in in the box. So it was a way for 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 the family to recognize, you know, we're in this together as a family. We're we're sacrificing for Jesus as a family. But it's a very concrete thing, and and after as Lent pro, was ending and Holy Week approached, they donated that box to our to our St. Vincent de Paul Society, and so those toys and those and those cereal boxes and peanut butter and tuna fish could be distributed to to a family in need in our community. So it was very, I was really uh, struck by how the family incorporated the whole family in that practice. You know, the children the adults in the family, those who are earning money and those who are just giving up something from the closet to mm-hmm. give to the poor. But it's a great way, I think, for families to recognize to recognize that they need to work together and to pray together and to sacrifice together, you know, for the needs of others. Right. We have the rice bowl. Many, many churches have those little rice bowl boxes where we put coins in. Many families have those little coin boxes on their, on their, ta- on their dining room table or kitchen table where people can place little coins in that go uh, help the poor in, in, in the community and, and around the world, like the Ukraine now. And um, so that's, that's another nice way where a family can, can help and work together mm-hmm. to remind themselves together of the need to, uh, to reach out and, and, and give alms to serve those in need. Well, and I really like you made a point of saying that this family, in the example you gave, that even the kids, it might be something precious that they gave, that they put in that box. It wasn't just the leftovers or, or the unwanted items. There really was a sacrifice there. Um, but I, I also think that's a great that's a great lesson that, you know, it, it doesn't just have to be you by yourself 
that you as a family participating in Lent, you, you help each other stay strong. You kind of hold each other accountable on one side, but then you also can be an encouragement for each other during the Lenten season. Father, we're down to about our yeah. last minute here, and uh, I wanted to give you just a little more time so that as we have our final blessing, um, if you could just pray for everyone who's listening right now, that we can really enter into this Lenten season and experience the Holy Spirit, that we can grow closer to God. And, and I pray that um, those small acts of, of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, the transformations that we strive for, can carry over not only in Lent, but carry over beyond Lent. Those times of prayer, those times of fasting, those times of almsgiving, of giving, can beyond, go beyond the Lenten season and really help transform our hearts and minds to grow into the light of Christ for those in our community. So my, my prayer for all of our listeners is, is just that, that this Lenten season is truly a time of transformation. We lift up our hearts and prayers to those suffering in the world, those suffering especially in the Ukraine. We pray for the conversion of Russia and for peace in that country. And we pray that this season is truly a season where the light of Christ can shine through us. May God's blessing be with you, Josh, and all the listeners of Love and Radio. We're blessed to listen to us today, the Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Father Vince Guest, for being our spiritual director today on the program. Thank you for listening, and want to encourage you to join us tomorrow. Interesting topic. We're going to be talking about scrupulosity. If you don't know what that is, well, we'll, we'll explain it. But if you do know what it is, how do we make sure that we don't fall into that area of being scrupulous as we're examining ourselves? And we'll look forward to seeing you there. I want to say a special thank you to Nick Sentovich and Lucas Holt for their help producing the program. And this next here on Relevant Radio.